Hey Rainmakers, welcome to part one of a two-part episode where I interview the Millennial Agent. In this episode, we cover the benefits of investing in yourself and your business, valuable relationships, and more. Take it away, Keith. Welcome to DMV Realtor Radio, the daily podcast for real estate businesses in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. Each episode, we cover tactics for making more money in less time and valuable business strategies to help DMV real estate professionals move business forward. DMV Realtor Radio is perfect for real estate agents, team members, rainmakers, brokers, and owners. You want to make this the best year in business. We provide the tools. This is DMV Realtor Radio, and here's your host, Jason Stone. I'm excited, Rakia. Thanks so much for being a guest today on DMV Realtor Radio. Uh, really excited to have the opportunity to unpack uh, really your story and journey inside of real estate so far. Uh, what excites you, what really keeps you going, and uh, get into some strategies and some tactics uh, that you're open to sharing uh, with our listeners and you know ways that they can help implement business at a high level similar to how you have. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So, you know, I, I thought a great place to start, Ricky, would be just the idea that like, we've actually known each other for a couple of years. You know, I was just thinking mm-hmm. about it and preparing for this, um, our, our humble beginnings and our start. And uh, in fact, I absolutely remember that, I mean, that first time we met uh, there in the office. Uh, do you remember? I do. Okay. And I remember the only reason why I came to meet with you because my nine to five was around the corner. Uh huh. Um, and I was just like, why not just go meet with him at, at lunch? There <laughs> around you go. the corner, like, what are you doing? There you go. So, so co- convenience was, matters. Always for me. <laughs> That's good. Well, I'd love to have the opportunity to relate with the realtors um, for right now who are in your position, uh, similar to you, really on that day, right? Prior to actually meeting, sitting down, and kind of going over some things. Um, what was that first meeting like, kind of getting to know each other and, um, you know, what really what came from that? I think it was just a bunch of ahas. So I came from a really small company when I was like I was one of twelve agents. Um, a really small company in, in Arundel County where this was a different dynamic than what I saw when I came to KW. It was just like, oh wow, this is this is a lot. This, and I a lot in a good way. Um so but you kind of broke everything down and everything just made sense. So mm-hmm. everyone always asks like why did you come to KW? I was like, Cause it made sense. Like, I do things that make sense. It just made a lot of sense how you broke everything down for me. You know, I was definitely excited to, and I know we had like one roadblock and I was like, this is one thing, this is the reason why I can't leave. Mm-hmm. And we kind of, we got over that. <laughs> so it was like, you gave me every reason to come um, rather than reasons not to come to KW. So Indeed. So excited. I um, definitely want to un- have an opportunity to unpack your journey. Uh, okay. Love to have the opportunity to just kind of focus on your start in real estate. Talk me through it. It kind of starts in 2006. I graduated from college early and I got a job, got my good government job. And then I'm ran- I was waiting for six months to start because they had to do a background check. I did probation for 12 years. So they had to do a background check. It was like a whole six month process. And I was getting impatient. I'm like, I graduated from college early. I'm ready to work. I'm ready to get in my career, ready to get paid. So I saw a random sign about real estate. And I was like, Dad, I think I want to do real estate. I read this article when I was younger about, you know, how real estate can, like, really transform your life in more ways than one. He was like, you got a good government job. That's what you're going to do. I was like, okay. I was 21, so I was like, all right, I listened to my dad. So fast forward, you know, I was getting to a point where I was about to be 30. 
Oh no, I was 30. And I was just kind of like, if this is what the next 18 years of my life, or at the time, I guess was 20 years of my life is going to look like, I don't want this. I was talking to my ex, my now ex. And I was just like, you know, it's something I want to do. So long story short, <laughs> real estate just kind of popped up again as something I wanted to do. And like I said, God makes everything easy. Just like my office was around the corner from the KW office. And when we met, um, my real estate school was down the street from my house. It was very convenient. It was very, very convenient for me. And then I just really, really wanted to help people. I didn't get into real estate because I thought I was going to be like this mega Asian or anything like that. I bought my house at 24 and I just wanted other people to understand that they can buy too. And more so millennials more than anything. So a long story kind of short uh-huh. <laughs> of kind of how I got into real estate. Yeah, indeed. Um, so I appreciate you just kind of sharing your, your journey, what compelled you to get into real estate. Now you uh, were dual career. Right. right. And when we first met you um, at a job, well paying, flexible, right? You know, that, that job certainly met your life uh, needs and demands at the time. Um, you know, walk me through what that was like experiencing for the first couple of years of your real estate career as a dual career agent. And, uh, you know, certainly what, you know, started to happen as your momentum picked up in your real estate business. So I worked for the state government, not the federal government. So my paychecks were not the same as the federal government. <laughs> At first, it just was like, I was just working. Like, I had a goal. And I know, I think we talked about this at our first um, meeting. Like, what's your goal? I was like, to sell a house, one house a year. And you're like, well, you're almost at like $4 million, So I think <laughs> you might want to have a different goal at this point. Mm-hmm. But it was, you know, being dual career was like, it was, it had its challenges. But at the time, I was used to working a lot. So I was used to always having another job. So adding real estate really wasn't a difficult thing for me because I was I was used to it. I was used to having to do something else to supplement the income that I had at my um, nine to five. So I think the hardest part was learning to balance and learning to have a day off. So I was working 24 hours, seven days a week all the time. And it, it became hard. You know, luckily I went to your class, six personal perspectives. And when I learned about time blocking, I was like, oh, that's what I need to do. <laughs> like, yeah. this is what's going to help me. I think time blocking is what saved me as far as being dual career, because it's like, I don't have the same time that everyone else has. So I have, I need to maximize the time that I do have. And, you know, being dual career was, it was hard. Like it was it was hard for me because I started loving real estate more than I loved my nine to five. Mm. And it wasn't the money. It was the freedom. Like working for the government, it's not many freedoms that you're afforded. Mm-hmm. So the freedom to, to have my own marketing, have my own brand. Like it was just, it was so hard. Indeed. So uh, what it sounds like is that you, you came into the, our first time meeting, you know, with a, a way of doing business, a way of thinking uh, that has certainly gotten you to uh, relatively a, a plateau inside of your real estate sales business, $4 million, $5 million annually in production. Um, and then what were the top three takeaways uh, from uh, that first meeting and some things maybe to come thereafter either made you think differently, uh, start to uh, act differently? Share that. I guess what I learned in my first month at KW after like our conversation, the first thing is leverage. Like I started reading the millionaire real estate agent probably about two months before our meeting in August. So um, I knew about the listing part. I knew about the lead part, but I really didn't understand leverage as much. And when I learned leverage, Oh, I leverage everything now. (laughs) Uh 
So that's that's one thing. I think two is masterminding. Like I never really mastermind with other agents before. It was just me. Like it was twelve mm-hmm. of us. We really didn't have regular sales meetings. I really didn't know anyone like me. It, it took a while for me to develop those type of relationships with other agents and understanding that we're kind of all in this together. We might all be independent contractors, but we can all help each other on, on different levels. The third thing I would I would say is just training, I want to Because when I was at my other company, I just didn't have training. And not to bash the other company, because they're an amazing company and I love them, but I needed training. I didn't know everything. I needed to learn more. And KW, coming to KW, just my thirst for knowledge, my thirst for for understanding that I'm not just a real estate agent, like I'm a whole person that is a real estate agent. And it's about that whole person that makes me a better real estate agent. Okay. If that makes sense. Absolutely. That does make sense. And uh, so I, I hear that there was a, um, a a fire that got ignited for information and camaraderie yeah. and uh, a, a, a proven plan or even a system to follow to promote your growth. Right. Um, as you went out and looked for that knowledge and, you know, answers subsequently to, to come, uh, were those answers pretty obvious or did you have to stumble upon them and experience some failure in order to get there? I definitely want to say, like, that first month, we had Productivity Day. I want to say I kind of stumbled on it pretty early, you know, learning about culture, learning about, like, having someone that's invested in me to be better was amazing. Because, like, as a real estate agent, ultimately, I am an independent contractor, but to have a company behind you or brokers behind you that is invested in you being better, to me, this was like a game changer. And inside of your world at that time, who was that? Were there any specific roles inside of the company? Had you created relationships with folks? I mean, of course, you were the first person that I met at KW. Well, I knew a lot of agents before. So, like, I knew Arnita. I knew Rakia. Um, I knew several other agents at um, KW. But I didn't really understand KW. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just like this little thing. I mean, it's this brokerage that a lot of people are in. But I really didn't understand what KW was. But, you know, in our conversations, how you broke down the millionaire real estate book to me, it was just like, oh, I've read it. But I didn't I didn't read it like you read it. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't understand it the way you did. Um, this productivity day. Like, the fir- one of the first people I met at productivity day was A.D., Mm-hmm. And we were kind of at the same level, like, you know, we were doing, you know, we were new in the business, but we were getting deals. Um, we were both dual agents. Um, so we were kind of like at the same place. So, you know, having these relationships with different agents, it's just, it's so many agents. I can't even name how many agents that kind of helped me that first couple of months in the business at KW. Thank you. So I want to have the opportunity to unpack uh, some business strategies, some things that you found have worked well. And uh, what have you learned that using a database at a high level should look like? You should be feeding your database at least five days a week. So at least Monday through Friday. And it should be on your calendar. So like when I teach my how to make um, six figures as a millennial agent, one of the one of the things that I did not have or didn't even know I needed was a database. And so once I learned that I needed a database, what it looks like, how, you know, how it should function, it should be something that you do on a Monday through Friday daily basis. Um, And then it should be on your calendar. So part of my calendar at 4.30 every single day, Monday through Friday, I have, uh, it says ensure all contacts are captured. That means anybody I spoke to, 
in the last in the last 24 hours should be captured in my database so it's a constant reminder that i need to do it and then every morning at 9 a.m i get a reminder of what i need to do for the day as far as utilizing my database like i fed it by 4 30 every day and then by nine o'clock i already have a list of what i need to do and then by 10 30 is when i actually follow up with the task for the day so it's all it's all it goes back to being on your calendar so having something is amazing but if you're not utilizing it and utilizing it to the best of its ability then it's, it's no use Indeed. i'm spending money on a database for no reason Indeed, whether it's your database, uh, you've mentioned the millionaire real estate agent, uh, really these instruments to be used as tools to allow us right. to craft, design, uh, shape, if you will, uh, the businesses towards our goals. So, right, um, exactly. Yeah. Great, great. Um, so, in your perspective, right, what can people start doing right now? Like somebody listening right now can go out and take action later today or tomorrow in order to perform at a higher level inside of their real estate businesses. I think you should hone in on your strengths more than anything. So one of the things that my coach talked to, I talked to my coach about last year, um, I, I was telling her like, I, I'm weak in this area and I want to get better. And then she kind of switched it on me, which she's good at doing is like, why would you want to get better at something that you're not good at? You're not good at it. And it's okay. Why not get better at what you're good at? So like when I teach my Instagram classes, I mean, like, this is a tool. And it may work for you. It may not work with you, work for you like it may work for me or it may work for someone else, but it may work for you. Whatever is working for you, make it work to a higher level. So like that's the biggest thing. Whatever your strengths are, just hone in on your strengths. Take classes, webinars, whatever it is to make yourself better. Um, if you're good at cold calling, if you're good at, you know, whatever you're good at, continue to do it. Just do it at a higher level. And try everything until you find out what you are good at. Because even though I teach Instagram, like my top three uh, ways I get business is one, Instagram, of course. Two, I do home buyer seminars, which, you know, before COVID, I was trying to revamp and do it on a higher level. And three, um, referrals and my network. I have a big network that I try to utilize to the best of my ability. So whatever you're good at, just do it to a, uh, a higher level. And but try everything first. Like I did open houses, hate them. I call, I did cold calling, hated it. I did door knocking, hated it. But it really works for some people. Indeed. So you know, I've always had to take that uh, everything works as long as you work it. And right. uh, what you're sharing here, Rakia, is a, the perfect case study around having the opportunity to try things out. Right there, truly is a buffet menu of lead generation tactics out there. Uh, that are uh, available in plenty. And uh, it isn't until you have the opportunity to exercise tasting it, getting a feel for it. Um, and you may find yourself passionate about it and want to continue that source. Uh, or it could be like, hey, out the gate. Nope, that's not for me. And as a right. result, you know, that opportunity is going to move you one step forward into finding out, well, hey, what is the lead generation strategy that is going to be best for you? Exactly. That's awesome. So uh, this is a great uh, opportunity to kind of get into uh, lead generation strategy as it relates to budgeting. So, uh, Rakia, I put a, an extra $1,000 inside of your bank account. It can go towards your budget, and you can only invest it inside of your real estate business in order to help it grow. What do you spend that extra $1,000 on and why? Marketing. Marketing. Tell us more. I did the business planning clinic with Pamela Bryant, which is my coach. 
and I was I was looking at what my marketing budget should be, and it was significantly less than that. And I'm already I already do um, well in my opinion <laughs> to marketing for free. Um, and I can only imagine if I spent money or more money in my marketing, what that could do for me. Because I look at marketing differently um, than m- maybe some people. Because I would market myself a different way on Instagram. So I would do. So I follow these agents in like Atlanta and these like really popular areas, and they get a lot of business based on how they market themselves on social media. I did a, a mastermind a couple of, of weeks ago. Uh, with agents from all over the country and it was an agent in Florida and he he's a videographer too and he was he talks about how people like you see these people on Instagram and you're like who's following them like how do I get these pictures like what is this what is going on right so he was like he has a whole package for agents like that and I was like that would be cool because I'm like setting up my photos and I'm doing this I'm doing that but that's a part of leverage and that's a part of leverage plus marketing that I definitely, if I had an extra thousand dollars, um, I would definitely up my marketing. Okay. Gotcha. For that level. And for I, a higher level. I want you to walk us back on something you had said, um, just as far as what your prior spend level uh, or lack thereof was in related to marketing and where it should be aligned. Like, how do you establish that? Where did that come from? Or what, what created that gap in what you should have been doing in a marketing standpoint to where, you know, you actually weren't doing? So it's just based on the calculations for, you know, that I did in the business clinic, like based on how much money I wanted to gross as far as GCI, then I should be spending this percentage on marketing. Um, and I was not. But I, I think, you know, in talking to my coach, I think a lot of people, you know, when they do these models, don't always take into uh, to thought. I guess the thought is not always around social media and how a lot of platforms are free. And, um, of course, I can boost my posts. I don't. Um, I need to, but I don't. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's so many different things that I don't necessarily do when I do marketing that I could be paying for. And I didn't realize that, you know, though I'm not paying that much, it's okay for my budget because it's good. But if I want to do more, I have to spend more. Thank you for listening to part one with Rakia Tyler. Be sure to follow along into part two of the conversation where we go over a winner's mindset and strategies to overcome the business challenges during the pandemic. See you next time. Take it away, Keith. You've wrapped up another episode on DMV Realtor Radio, the daily podcast to help DMV real estate professionals move business forward. We trust that you've gotten some useful and practical information from this episode. To access the show notes and download the tools mentioned, head over to dmvrealtorradio.com. For latest news and video updates, follow host Jason Stone on Instagram and Facebook at I am Jason Stone. Till next time. Yeah.